This is the Tree of Life Ministries podcast. Our mission is to reach everyone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope this message is inspiring, encouraging, and it challenges you. Wherever you're listening from, we hope that you enjoy and that God will transform your life through today's message. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord praise that we can come back in this building another day after going through a hard snowstorm this week. The Lord has blessed us and kept us and protected us and we're back here together again. It looks like it's more of us that's here to get today. Thank you for coming on back here to Tree of Life and coming back to share in the Word, share in praise, share in worship. Good to see you all back today. This salute us and we just appreciate you being here today. If you're looking, I'm changing the way that I've been talking. I've been saying if you're looking for a church home, but if you're looking for a church family, We'd love to have you part of the family, a tree of life. And and when you have a family, you know that good days, bad days, good family, bad family, but we're all family. So uh, we'd love to have you to be part of the family. And I think you'll find this family to be a true family. We are real. We make mistakes along the way. But thank God we have a God that corrects them when we do and helps us correct our mistakes when we make them. So we're glad to see you here today at this 11 o'clock service. Time has gone by so fast today. I thought I was doing 9.15 a minute ago, and I realized, no, we've already made it to 11 o'clock. And so we praise the Lord for you being here at this service. If you are visiting with us, we're glad to have you. If you're listening through live stream today, thank you very much for tuning in wherever you are. We're glad to have you tune in as well. Today I'd like for you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. I'm just going to read uh, one verse of Scripture, and that's verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 10. Last week I was in Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 12. So it looks like, it may look like I got the cart before the horse, but as I was preaching and studying this week, the Lord led me back up to some things that I think really and truly need to be covered in our life that we can be everything that God wants us to be and His plan for us to be. So we're going to go back to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 10. You'll hear me say it in just a few minutes, but let me start off by saying it, that you're getting ready to read the great Apostle Paul's writing, but this is the great Apostle Paul's ambition for his life. This is not just writing. This is him telling us his ambition for his life. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. This morning we're going to go to the Lord in prayer as we need to do for all of us as we all need prayer. If you're here today and you have a special request or someone in your life that needs prayer, we want to pray one for another today. We know that we all have different things that we go through and different problems that we have to deal with in life. There are many families that are going through a major time of transition where their loved ones in the last year, in the last month, in the last week have gone to be with the Lord, so we continue to pray for those that we were praying for last week as they have now had the services for their loved ones, but we had more to that list, and that's the Dye family. Scott Dye, 49 years old, uh, went to be with the Lord, been at Tree of Life for many, many years, has two young uh, twin daughters, and we want to pray for Scott's family. We want to pray today for the Brooks and the Worsham family, as Peggy Sue went to be with the Lord, we want to pray thank God that her battle with cancer has been won and that uh, she didn't lose that battle she won that battle because she's with the Lord and so we praise the Lord for her the Spear family is still uh, planning 
the next uh, Sunday for Doug's service. So there are a lot of people that are hurting. We want to pray today and specifically mention some of the people that have called. We've got a list that would take the entire service if we would go down the list. And that's why I say we pray for one another, believing that God can take care of people. But we want to pray for Brenda Carwile, who had a bad fall and has not been able to be here in a while. And then Diana Coppage and her granddaughter both fell. And Diana had to have a hip replaced and hurt her shoulder. And her granddaughter had to have staples in her head. So we want to pray that God will mend them up very quickly. Joanne Harris, that we've been praying for, uh, had a heart attack. And so we want to pray for Joanne and we want to pray for Tim as well, that God will just speak to them right where they are. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray for all of those around the world, around the state, around the city, around the country that are suffering with COVID. Let's pray and let's continue to pray. Don't give up because you come back another week and people, the statistics are still climbing about COVID. Don't give up. God is still able to speak COVID right out of existence. So don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Just ask, seek, and knock. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And believing the Lord will hear and we can get rid of this stuff and maybe we can have some kind of life as normal as we used to have before 2020. Today, it's not my goal to stir your emotions. It's my goal today through the word that the Lord has given me to stir your heart, to stir my heart. The day that we were here from heaven, that it will challenge us to look at our own life. In life, it's very easy to look at other people's lives and see everything they need to do. But we at times need to stop and look at our own life and see what we need to do. Not what God is telling our wife or husband to do, but what is God telling me to do? So today, I pray that it'll be a day where you will hear not just hear it, but you will act on that word. So it's going to be a lot of seed that's planted today. And in the coming weeks, we'll water that seed. Between Ray and myself, we'll water that seed and look for a great harvest to come out of what's planted today. Father, we love you. We thank you for this very special time that we come together as family and friends. Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for people that are in this building today that may have never attended service here. Some, Lord God, may have never watched live stream that are watching today. We thank you, Heavenly Father God, for your leading and how you lead us to where you would have us to be. I thank you, Heavenly Father God, for your faithfulness. I thank you that I never have to worry about your faithfulness. There are things I'm never supposed to worry about, but one thing I never have to worry about is whether you'll be faithful or not, because you always have been, and you always will be. So we thank you, Lord God, that we serve a faithful God, a God that doesn't get moody, a God that doesn't get all upset at us and cut us off where he won't talk to us but a God that loves us just the way that we are and works on us to become better than we are. I pray today, Heavenly Father God, for all those suffering around the world with COVID and other diseases, doctors, nurses that are waiting on them, our military, our law enforcement, our first responders, Lord, that's working tirelessly. I pray, Heavenly Father God, for those today, Lord God, that are members of this congregation and those that are friends of this congregation or family members, that, Lord God, you would heal their bodies, those that are sick, that you would heal them, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We continue to ask you, Lord God, to speak against COVID, that it be gone in the name of Jesus Christ and stay gone. We continue, we're not gonna give up. We're gonna continue to ask and seek and knock. We pray, Heavenly Father God, today for those that are grieving, that Heavenly Father God, you would be their comforter. Those, Heavenly Father God, that are at the point of giving up, that you would be the one, Lord God, that they would hear you speak, saying, hang on, just hang on, things will get better. Father, now I pray for your divine anointing that breaks every yoke, that, Lord God, you'll deliver through me what you have delivered to me. 
And Heavenly Father God, that even the smallest child will be able to understand what's being said. That regardless of age, handicap, or disability, whatever might would try to hinder the word from going in a person's life, Lord, remove that hindrance. We pray this in Jesus' name. Give you praise and glory for all the hands that went into the air. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the worship that went into this atmosphere, Lord God, of where we just wanted to let you know from the depth of our heart that we love you, that we need you in our life, and that we're thankful for what you have done in our lives. So Father, we thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for allowing us, Lord God, this opportunity to come together. In Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a wave and we'll take off. past several months I've been wearing a pair of shoes that uh, were so comfortable they had a big old hole in them the hole was about that big it wasn't too bad when I was here on the pulpit because I'd keep my feet down but it was really bad when I'd do a graveside service and it'd be raining because water would start coming in my shoe and I'd baptize my feet while I was uh, standing there doing the service and so Debbie felt sorry for me where I bought her a hatchet she brought me a pair bought me a pair of shoes for Christmas and it reminds me of the old story of where a preacher was preaching one time and he was leaning on the pulpit the more he preached the more he leaned and he kept using the verse out of Revelation behold I come quickly behold I come quickly behold I come quickly he couldn't think of what the rest of it was so he just kept saying it behold I come quickly well he leaned too much he fell off the platform and he landed in the lady's lap that was sitting right on the front and so I have said all that to tell y'all on the front today if these leather soles slip me up, behold, I come quickly. Uh, but I'm going to try my best not to come off this pulpit. So if I've been walking like an old man, I've been walking because I don't want to slide. But uh, I praise the Lord for you. Life has been compared to many things. And you'll hear people say, life is like this and life is like that. So I went through, I wrote down some things that I thought about life, and I went through some things that I found about life and some metaphors about life that we could all relate to. I want to give you those to introduce where I'm going today. Life is like a river. It's always flowing. Life is like an onion. You peel off layer after layer, and sometimes it makes you weep. Life is like an elevator with a lot of ups and downs, and someone is always pushing your buttons. Life is like a jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes you think you've got it all together, and you're missing one piece. Life is like a jack-in-the-box. You never know when things are going to pop up. Life is like a seed. It has to be nurtured and nourished life is like a cycle just when you think you've got your balance and learn to balance you fall off life is like eating a grapefruit you have to break through the skin take a couple of bites to get used to the taste and just when you think it tastes good it squirts you right in the eye life, life is like a novel every day we write a new page life is like photography we develop from the negatives life is like a pencil it can be sharpened correct mistakes can leave a mark and then life is like what we've heard off the Forrest Gump movies. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I like all of these, but there's one that I've always compared life to, and I've compared life to the old game that would be at a carnival or at a fair or amusement park, and that is whack-a-mole. The fact that your mole pops up, you whack it, and you think you got it, and about five more pop up somewhere else, and you're everywhere trying to take care of the mole, and you're so busy that you can't really focus because you're trying to get rid of these moles that keep popping up. There's something that we all have in common that's sitting in this building today and listening through live stream, and that is not only the fact that uh, we're familiar with life, but not a single one of us ever asked for life. 
Not a single person that's alive today ever asked to be alive. No one ever asked to be born. This is something that we're involved in that we had absolutely nothing to do about. It's the one thing that we are here today because someone decided that we would be here today. And so when we look at life, we understand that it's not something that somebody asks us about. It's just something that we found ourselves dealing with. So many people go through life and they live their life and they see it as the things that I've mentioned. But the only thing they can see about the life is up and down, in and out, missing pieces and always trying to take care of that, whacking that mold that is there. So many people live their life that God has given, the things that God provides for life and they have no ambition and they seek no purpose for their life or they do not seek the purpose that God would have for their life. So many people... And at one time in my life years ago, was just, we just pedal through life at times. We pedal through life trying to stay balanced while dealing with everything that pops up. But really and truly, we would look at it, and if we were honest, we would say that life is not what I really and truly thought it would be. Sad to say, some in life are at the place of saying that I'm just looking forward to the day that it's over. That if the Lord would rapture everybody out today, wow, what a day that would be. But if the Lord left everybody else and just took me, what a day that would be because of the situations they're dealing with, the problems they have, or, or something that they have every day that just haunts and hounds them. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that he has come that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. When you hear the word abundant from the Greek, the word abundant in the Greek means exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, and more. Something there that we would look at and say, man, this is living the life. God wants us to have, and Jesus promises us a life far better than we could ever imagine. It's promised to us in the Word of God. Matter of fact, you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and it tells you about what the Lord wants us to have in life. It says, No eye has seen, and no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. The fact that when we love Him and serve Him, that God gives us that purpose, and He's the one that makes life what life really is. While there are many metaphors or where there are many metaphors about life and describing life, there's a biblical definition of life. That's given by Jesus Christ himself. And you'll find that biblical definition in John 17 and verse 3. And this is what Jesus says. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you. Talking about God. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, you look at that, and you hear Jesus' description of life. You don't always look at what's there. Look and see what's not there. That when you hear the definition that Jesus gives of life, you don't see anything in there about length of days. You don't see anything in Jesus' prayer about the mention of health. You don't see anything in Jesus' prayer about mental or mental health or, or no mention of prosperity or family or occupation. The only thing that Jesus refers to when he talks about having that abundant life is the knowledge of God because the knowledge of God is the key to truly an abundant life. You can know everything else, but if you don't know and have a knowledge, deep knowledge of God, you don't have anything. You can go on Jeopardy and answer every question, but if you don't have a knowledge of God, that doesn't do you a lick of good when you leave this world. It's the knowledge of God that carries us from day to day. The life of a Christian the Lord just kind of dropped this into my spirit. The life of a Christian is not determined by duration. The life of a Christian is determined by relation. The fact that the deeper our relation is the fact the better off that our life will be. A relation with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
the life of a Christian and those that are Christians today, hopefully all are, but if not, hopefully all will be before you leave or turn off your electronic device. The life of a Christian revolves around growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The better we know Jesus, the better we can handle life. The better we know Jesus Christ, the better life is. When we read these verses in Philippians, you see Paul's number one ambition. And his number one ambition is in life is that I may know him. He doesn't say that I may get rich, that I may be this, that, or the other, but that I may know him. And in those words, he has given us his life's ambition. He is saying, this is my purpose. This is what I'm going to accomplish in my life, that I may know him. The important thing to understand is that at this point in his life, he had known the Lord over a quarter of a century. He had known the Lord over 30 years at this point in his life. He's not a new believer. He's someone that had walked with the Lord and talked with the Lord and preached about the Lord and opened churches and done all kind of things. So he has a relationship with the Lord. But even after 25 years, he's saying, it's not what I want it to be. I wanted to know him. I still have that ambition that I will know him. He is at the point in life that he is saying, I want to know him better. I want to know him better today than I did yesterday. I want to know him better today than I did a week ago. In most relationships that we have, we work to know the person better before we get too involved. And we do our best to be our best. That we want to be our best because we want to form something. But then we get familiar and the relationship, instead of getting better, it gets bitter. Because along the way, we bring in things from the past. We bring in things that hurt us, bring in things that set us back. And instead of getting better in the relationship, our relationships get bitter. But not with Paul. He has served the Lord over a quarter of a century. And here's his life ambition. I want to know him better. The fact that I know him, but I want to know him better. When we get saved, or a person gets saved, that is our initial salvation. It really introduces us to Jesus Christ. And salvation is the initial introduction to the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to that place of, I'm a sinner. You're the Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, a sinner. The Lord accepts us into his kingdom. We accept him into our life. And salvation is that start of that, the initial start of that relationship. That's the start of where we're saying, now that I'm saved and now that I know the Lord, am I just, just die and go to heaven? Or what is the purpose that now I'm here for, that I am now saved and now I have the Lord in my life? We invite the Lord into our life. He invites us into his kingdom. And so often we have no idea of the God that we're serving. We have no idea anything about this God other than he wants to save me and he wants to carry me to heaven. We have no idea about what God is, wants us to do. Many times we have no idea what I'm supposed to do now. Now that I'm saved, what's next? Now that I'm saved, is that it? Is that all that happens? Do I just ride it out and wait to go to heaven? It's easy to sing songs to the Lord. It's easy to raise our hands to the Lord. It's easy to clap our hands to the Lord. It's easy to celebrate the Lord and, and come into his house for worship and not know the one we're worshiping. The fact that I'm worshiping God, but do I really know the God that I'm worshiping? Do I really know him or do I just know about this God or do I really know him? And that's why Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 18, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is saying, grow. Don't get saved and just stay right there. Grow. Nurture that relationship. Grow. It's a seed that's been planted. Grow it. Water it. Nurture it. Let it grow inside of you. Here in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, Paul said, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. He is saying, of all the things that I've got in my life, they're nothing. I want to know more of Jesus. I want more of Jesus in my life. There are many ways that we come to know somebody. 
There are many relationships that are levels of a relationship that we have as human beings. The first level of relationship is basically a basic knowledge of somebody. You hear a name and you go, yeah, I've heard of them. Or a movie star and you're familiar because they've been in a lot of movies. They're a singer and you know them because they're a singer. And you have a basic knowledge of them, somebody you went to school with or college with. And so we have a basic knowledge of someone and we can say, well, I know them. Then we can know people through a casual friendship or acquaintanceship. I mean, when I see you, I know you. I know your name and don't know a lot about you, but hey, you're a good guy, you're a good person, you're a good girl, you're a good lady. And so that's knowing a person on another level, a meaning that, yeah, he knows me, she knows me, and I know them back. Then you can know a person in a private way. In a private way means that they don't mind opening up their life to you, they don't mind talking to you, they don't mind really sharing their heart with you because they're, they're open their life to you, you open your life to them, and they're family or close friends, and you feel comfortable in being able to just share what's on your mind. And then there's that highest level. That highest level is when you know people so deeply that you are intertwined with them, intertwined. You know them so deeply that you're intertwined or you are intimate with them. And when you're intimate with them and intertwined with them, it's a total different relationship than a basic knowledge, a friendship, or a family. Intertwined means to be closely connected with another in many ways. In Genesis chapter 4, it says that Adam knew his wife. Another way to say that is Adam was intertwined with his wife. That Adam had intimacy with his wife or intimate, an intimate relationship with his wife. That goes beyond knowing her name. It goes beyond knowing how she wears her hair. It goes beyond knowing the things she likes and doesn't like. It means they knew each other in an intimate way. So what is intimacy? Standing here today and talking about intimacy, my question is really and truly, when I was studying, what is intimacy? I've heard it all my life, but what in the world is it? To better understand intimacy, simply look at the word intimacy. Because intimacy describes itself. Because when you take the word and you break it up and you separate it, intimacy means in to me see. In to me see. And so when you're talking about intimacy, you're not talking about look over me, look around me, look through me, but into me see. Into me see who I really am. Into me see what makes me click. Into me see what makes me happy. Into me see what it is that makes me go about life and be able to enjoy it. Intimacy is a blending of one person's heart with another's. And so when you're talking about intimacy, you're talking about blending one heart with another. Well, we can see who they really are as well as a person seeing who we really are because into me they see. It's easy to hear the word intimacy and immediately think of sex. But intimacy is more than sex. It's much more than sex. Sex is only an intimate expression. Sex alone is not intimacy. Sex is the source of intimacy. Sex is not the source of intimacy. It's an outlet for intimacy. Some people look at it and say it's the source, but it's really just an outlet. When you look at sex, sex is the merging of two bodies. But when you look at intimacy, it's not just the merging of two bodies. Intimacy is the merging of two hearts. It's a much different thing than saying, here I am for a little while and I'm gone. 
It's the fact of saying, here I am, and tomorrow I will still be in your heart, and you will still be in my heart. It's the merging of two hearts and not just the merging of two bodies. We can easily understand the importance of intimacy. We say it, think it's this and think it's that, but we can easily misunderstand the importance of intimacy. It's intimacy that makes a person feel alive. It's intimacy that makes a person feel important. It's intimacy that makes a person feel like they are not passed over or somebody's looking around them, but they're paying no attention to them. Since God has made us, and we're made in the image of God, He intimately knows us better than anyone else will ever know us. And into us, He sees. He sees the good and the bad and the ugly, the hurting, the rejected. He sees all of that because into us, He sees. And because into us, He sees, it means that God can make us feel known in a way that no one else on the earth will ever be able to make us feel known. He can make us feel more important than anybody on the face of this earth can ever make you feel important because it's into you he sees. That's why having an intimate relationship with the Lord God is the most rewarding thing and the most life-changing thing you will ever experience in your entire life is having an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. An intimate relationship with the Lord is the true definition of intimacy in an indescribable way. That's why Paul said he counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He is saying to everything else, it's all rubbish compared to what I want for my life. And that is that deep level of intimacy with Almighty God. When you look at Paul, it's easy to see that he didn't just know about Jesus, but he was in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted the deepest relationship that he could have. He didn't want it to be a Sunday morning for 40 minutes. He wanted it to be every single hour of every day of the week. He wanted it to be an ongoing thing that even though if he was working or preaching there was still something inside of him that was crying out that he loved the Lord Jesus Christ he wanted the best relationship he wanted that intimate relationship he wanted to become more like him he wanted to be like Jesus in the way he lived in the way he thought in the way he handled things in the way he dealt with people in the way he dealt with life in the way that life dealt with him from the word that Paul used we get the word metamorphosis and that's the process whereby something or someone is completely completely changed into another form. And so Paul is saying, as I get to know him and as I know him deeper, there's a change that is occurring in my life. There's a change that occurs in my appearance, a change that occurs in my character, a change that occurs in my condition, a change that that changes in my function. It's where God changes a sinful and a selfish person to be more like him every day and less like the world. I don't know about you, but my greatest ambition is to not be like this world that I'm living in, but to be like the God that created it the God that created it and spoke it into existence knowing Jesus Christ was Paul's ambition for his life he didn't want to be a superstar a billionaire he didn't want to be all of that he just wanted to be like Christ he just wanted Christ living in him Christ to be seen in his life to be different from the world and he says that I may know him in an intimate way that I may be like him. And it's the highest ambition you'll ever have for your life. You can aim at the top to be the CEO of the largest corporation, but there is an ambition greater than being at the top of a CEO. It is knowing the creator of the heavens and the earth. It is being in love with the creator. He goes on to say in verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, 
He is saying that I want to know him not because he comes and zaps something on me. I want to know him by experiencing fellowship with him. And if I have to go through hard times to get to know him, it's worth it. Whatever I need to do, Lord, I just want to know you. Because Paul more knew the more that he centered on the person of Christ, the more that his spiritual life would grow and the better that his physical life would be. Ephesians 6.10 tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We become strong in the Lord and in the power of his might by developing an intimate relationship with him. I can't call you to the altar today and say if you'll come up here that I can give you, Ray can give you, or the Lord will just give you an intimate relationship because it's developed, it's grown. It's something that we, we invest into that relationship, that we can grow in the Lord and in the knowledge of the Lord. It is our part to do that. We become strong in the Lord because we work at it and wanting God to develop us. Knowing God is more important than wisdom, strength, riches, and talent. Jesus, on the night prior to his death, prayed this prayer for his followers. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Abundant life is knowing Jesus. When we don't know him and the only know about him, there's no truth to life. There's no real life when we only know about him, but we don't know him. Second Peter 1.3 says, and listen very closely, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Meaning the more we know of him, the deeper we grow in him, the more we become like him, but the more we go into his glory and into his goodness. Our knowledge of the Lord Jesus leads us to being empowered with everything that he has for our life, that we grow and we learn. The purpose of Jesus coming to this earth, we know that he came to die for our sins, but he came to this earth so that every human being could have an intimate relationship with Almighty God. There there not be a one that says that the Lord doesn't like me and the Lord doesn't care about me. It's by knowing Jesus Christ. It's by knowing Jesus Christ that the elevator of life goes back up when it's gone down. And when everybody has pushed every button you got, it's by Jesus Christ that when nobody wants to come and get you, it's by Jesus Christ that when you're down on the bottom, he's the one that pushes the button and raises you on back up again. It's by knowing Jesus Christ that when you don't have the energy to whack the mole anymore, and the mole keeps popping up and you just don't have the energy to do it anymore, and that mole keeps on popping up, it's through knowing Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection that he just keeps on putting power in that arm and power in that life and power in that mind and power in that being. It's by knowing Jesus Christ that when the onion gets ready to run out of layers, that every time it looks like the last layer is there, he just keeps adding layers to the onion, and you realize that I may be weeping for a little while, but joy is going to come in the morning. Is the fact that knowing Jesus Christ means it is not the end. It is not over. It's just another little peel of the onion, and my God is still there, and he'll still do it. It's by knowing Jesus Christ that when you get off balance of life, it's him that puts you back up on balance again that knowing that he's able knowing that he's capable and knowing that he will it's by knowing Jesus Christ that when the grapefruit squirts you in the eye you wipe the eye off and take another bite and you just keep on getting it it's by knowing Jesus Christ you stay sharp you stay sharp and this is mine that I like right here a lot it's by knowing Jesus Christ and I'm going to give Satan a little nickname this morning it's by knowing Jesus Christ that when Jack or Satan 
pops out the box. That is God that puts old Jack Satan on back down in the box, puts his foot on the box so that you have what you need. It's by knowing Jesus Christ that we find our purpose in life. It's by knowing him, not just about him, that we find our purpose in life. So the question is, how do we do this? After studying and asking and seeking the Lord, Lord, I don't mind saying whatever you want me to say, but I gotta have something that I can give people. How do we do it? How do we accomplish? How did Paul accomplish this? How did he reach that great ambition? And I want to give you five little simple, simple things. First of all, do what you're doing right now. What you're doing right now is a start to that because what you're doing is spending time with God. You're spending time in the house of the Lord, but really and truly, you're not spending time with me. You're spending time with the Lord. This is a time that has been set aside to praise, to worship, to hear his word. Time that we come into this house to give thanksgiving to the Lord for all that he is. So how do you grow in the Lord? Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord like you're doing right here in his word. Take the Bible. And whether you read five chapters, five verses, five lines, read something every day. Get started in the word of God because the word of God is God speaking to you. And many people say, the Lord never speaks to me. How long since you opened your Bible? Because the Lord speaks, number one, through his word. That as you're hearing and reading his word, and if you don't like to read it, download it where it can be played, where you can hear it. If nothing else, at least listen to it. But it's through hearing his word. Matter of fact, the Bible in 1 Corinthians 2.16 is called the mind of Christ. So when you open the Bible, you're opening the mind of Christ you're not opening some book. You're opening up the mind of Christ. And he begins to reveal himself to you as you read his word. And the more that you read, the better you'll understand the one that you are serving. Second thing is talk to God. To summarize that, it would be pray. For some people, prayer, it scares them because they feel like, I don't think I'm good enough to pray to God. But you know what we do every day is we talk. And prayer is simply talking to God. When I first got saved and got in the ministry, I didn't know how to do a good prayer at all. So I would pull two chairs, one in front of the other, and I would sit there and talk to the chair like somebody was there listening because I felt like the Lord was listening to me. And I would just talk to the Lord like I would to anybody else. And I would open up with my frustrations and my sorrows and my joys. And I found the more that I talked to him, the better I felt. You know that people will pay psychiatrists four, $500 an hour to go and sit to somebody that will just listen to them and you walk out of there going oh I feel good I've had people come talk to me and I don't even charge I've had people come talk to me and they talk the whole time I didn't say anything and they would leave going man I feel so much better and I'm thinking it had to be God because you didn't give me a moment to say a single solitary word it's the fact that Sometimes it's a release to just get along with God and just open up and say, Lord, I thank you, number one, that you're not charging me, but I, I thank you, number two, that you're going to listen to everything that i got to say. And you're not going to go by some playbook because you know me individually like I know you personally, so you have the prescription for my life. And if you really want to really grow in the Lord, get alone with God and just pray and talk to the Lord. You don't have to be fancy. Just open up. And if you'll say, I don't know how to do that, 
I got a sofa in my office. Pay me 400 bucks. I'll let you sit there. Bring somebody in to talk to you. Just talk to the Lord and let the Lord work through your life. Talk to God. Be open. Be honest. He knows you. He knows me. Third thing is listen. Have a sensitive spirit. Listen. Listen to what he is saying. God speaks many ways. Number one is his word. Number two, he can speak through a sermon, a song, another person. But God speaks in many different ways. Simply listen to what he's saying to your life. Number four, be willing to do what he says because obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And let me just say before I get any emails, if you are going to a psychiatrist, you keep going. I just threw that in there, okay? You just keep going. I don't want to hurt anybody. If he says do something that don't make sense, do it anyway. You say, well, that sounds ridiculous. Look at all the things he told the disciples to do. Things he told other people to do. Go down there and dip seven times in the Jordan. Naaman was probably saying, no, you just speak the word and I'll be okay. And he said, you go dip seven times in the Jordan. Take these empty water pots and fill them with water. But we're not out of water, we're out of wine. And how many of you know if they would have whined instead of going to get the water, they'd have never had the wine. And so he tells you to do some things that many times it don't make sense. If he tells you to step out, step out. If he tells you to step up, step up. If he tells you to step back, step back. And if he says something that don't make sense, just do it anyway. And you'll grow because you can trust him. He can trust you. What's relationship all about? Trust. Trust. If you can't trust the person you're in a relationship with, you don't have a good relationship. You have to trust. And then there's the fifth thing. Put your whole self into the relationship. Remember that old rock song, part-time lover? Don't be no part-time lover of God. Be a full-time lover of God. Is that I love you all the time. Even when things go well, don't go well, I love you anyway. Even when you hear my prayer and answer the way I want, I love you. If you don't hear it and answer the way I want, I still love you. I'm not going to be a part-time lover. I'm going to love you every day of my life, and my ambition is to be like you and to be everything that I can be so I can live this life that you've given me. My other question I had today is, is Lord, how do I know you will do that? Because, see, when I stand up here and start telling you things, if I just read these things or look them up and find things, and you're looking at me thinking, okay, he told us these things, but I don't know if they'll work, then it doesn't do you any good or me any good. So I question the Lord is, how will I know this will work, Lord? How do I know these five things will help us dig into that intimate relationship? And so he gave me this verse of Scripture, Psalm 37 and verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In these last days that we're living, I don't like to pop anybody's hopeful bubble, but I don't really look for things to get a whole lot better. I don't look for things to make a major turnaround just because somebody goes into office or somebody comes out of office. We're living in some hard times, and they will get harder before the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. And to just think that we can pedal our way through, that's not going to work. For churches to think they can pedal their way through and just do what they've always done, it's not going to work anymore. This is a day where you've got to invest yourself. This is a day where you gotta, the rubber's got to meet the road. This is a day where we have to say, Lord, this world is getting more wicked every day. But Lord, it's getting closer to your coming. And Lord, I have one ambition. 
and that's to know you. To know you in an intimate, intimate way. To be intertwined with you. That, Lord, that I know that you're the one that's leading and guiding my life. And to live a life of purpose and a life that when it's all said and done, we can say to God, be the glory. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's an old song, Lord, that you know that Debbie and I sung way back there. It's my desire to be like Jesus. It's my desire to be like Him. Though oft I fail and cause you much shame, it's my desire to be like you. Father, in this house today, Lord, we, if we all could, we'd go out there right now and change this city, change this state, change this country, change this world. But Heavenly Father God, we, we can't do that by ourselves. But Heavenly Father, when I called on your name and I asked you, Lord, what can we do individually that will make an impact in this world that we're living? That's when you planted the seed deep in my heart. Grow in the Lord. Grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Grow in the relationship with the Lord. That will carry you. That will carry you. And Lord just showed me that it not only will carry me, but it will change the world around me. For Heavenly Father, though I'm just a man, though I'm just one individual, Lord, if I can strive to be like Christ and people can see a difference in one life, maybe it'll make a difference in another life. But Lord, if all Christians and all a tree of life, if we would just get on board and say, my ambition in life is to know Christ. When all of us are out there in the world and all of us are out there in the workplace and all of us are out there in the city, then Heavenly Father God, we're carrying light into darkness and we're invading the kingdom of Satan because people see that there is another way to life than suicide, another way to life than drugs and alcohol, another way to life than just being with somebody for a little while and finding somebody else, but another way to life called a life with Christ and the life of Christ. Life of Christ. So Heavenly Father God, today I just pray that Lord is my ambition is to know you. That seed has been planted today. Others in this building, hopefully everyone in this building would say, that's going to be my life's ambition is to know him in an intimate way to be intertwined with him. And I'm working for him. He's working with me. And we're doing things for the kingdom and the glory of God. Oh God, everything else will pass away. But Lord God, when we pass away, that will always be with us when we're with you. That we loved you from the depth of our heart. And we were intertwined with you. Intertwined with you. In Jesus' name. If you just keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed, and Jeremy, if you'll sing it one time. I want to be more like you.
bowed and your eyes closed, I could ask you today, I could ask you today, that if you want to have a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord to raise your hand, I could ask you that. And you could throw your hand in the air. But you got to remember that it's into Him, into you, He sees intimacy. So where I would see the hand, He really sees the heart. He really sees whether you mean what your hand is saying or not. He really sees the fact of saying, do you really want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord or do you just want to just be here and just go through life? So while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you really are serious and say, Lord, this is going to be my ambition for life. My job has taken me up and my job has taken me down. Life has taken me up and life has taken me down. But you have never taken me down. You just always work to carry me up. If that's your life ambition, would you just call on him right where you're sitting and say, Lord, show me your plan for my life, how you want me to grow. My plan may not work for you, but how you want me to grow. What do you want me to do to grow? How do I grow? How do I get intertwined? intertwined not just loosely connected while those of you that are talking to the Lord if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this is your call to salvation where the Lord is calling out and saying I want to get to know you I want to invite you into my kingdom and I want you to invite me into your life if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ he's calling on you today saying, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. If you'll just open the door, I'll come in. I'll dine with you. I'll live with you. This time I'm going to ask you, if you're here and you've never accepted the Lord in your life, slip your hand in the air so I can lead you to the Lord this morning. Slip your hand in the air because I just want to lead you to the Lord. I want to lead you. I can't see the hands from people at home, so I want to pray a prayer. And if you're here and you didn't raise your hand, but your heart is about to beat out of your body, you're saying, I don't know Jesus, I just heard about him. He's just another God. He wants to be your shepherd, your guide, your savior, your king, your everything. So pray this prayer with me. It's your initial introduction to Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, I come to you. I open the door to my heart and I ask forgiveness of my sins. I am a sinner. And I need you as my Savior. Thank you for accepting me, loving me, waiting on me, dying for me. And now today, you're mine and I'm yours. I've been introduced to you. I've greeted you. I've accepted you. From this point on, I'm going to grow this relationship. In Jesus' name. Would you stand and let's sing this song together. Lead us one more time. Sing it from your heart. I want to be more like you.
sister that are members here Josephine and Louis uh, Riviera Josephine basically the doctors have said this is this is it for you he still believes he talked to me last night he still believes that God is able to take care she's got some huge tumors in her stomach and they can't operate on her because of her nutrition she's the one that you probably saw her stand right here Stand right here and just praise the Lord through the entire service. The one that you would have never thought was sick one day in her life is now, unless the Lord changes, is at the end of her life. This is what brothers and sisters are all about in Christ. This is what church is all about, is interceding for one another. So I want you to just say the name. Will you say the name Jesus? Now say the name Josephine. Now let's go to Jesus about Josephine. Father. We come before you right now for Josephine. Lord, and for Harry, Heavenly Father God, they're fighting hard. Heavenly Father, we know that she's ready to meet you. But Heavenly Father God, we know that Harry is saying, no, I'm not ready to let her go yet. Heavenly Father God, they're expecting a miracle. And Lord God, we know a God that can work miracles. You tell us we have not because we ask not. And Lord God, we have stood here and mentioned her name several times through the last several weeks. But right now, we stop this service and we focus it totally on her. That Heavenly Father God, that you will speak into her body, Lord. And as you speak into her body, everything that has come against her, Lord God, you will come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, Heavenly Father God, she'll feel something move in her body. And Lord God, it be those tumors moving out and the power of God moving in. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we intercede on her behalf today. We could have left here two minutes ago, but we stopped to intercede on her behalf. Lord God, you know what you want to do. So, Lord God, we just say, Lord, this is what we're asking. We just asked you, Lord God, because you told us to. You told us to ask, so we're doing what you told us to do. We know that favor follows obedience, and so, Lord God, we're not saying, well, what will be, will be. We're saying, no, 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 no. We're going to speak to the Lord on your behalf today. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray over this congregation. Wherever they go, whatever they do, wherever they're out there this week, those that are watching from live stream all around the world, Lord, I pray when they walk out of their house that they have the hedge of protection around their life. When they go out about life, they have the hedge of protection around their life. I pray you bless those on the road, bless those that are working, bless those that are in the hospital, bless those working on those in the hospital. Lord, help us to remember that we are the head and we are not the tail, and we are children of the living God, bought and paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so grace, grace be upon this congregation. Grace, grace be upon this congregation. Grace, grace be upon this congregation. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And if you agree, say hallelujah. God bless you. See you later. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's Word. For more information on Tree of Life Ministries, you can visit tolm.net or you can follow us on social media at TOLM Lynchburg. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.